direct and live from the Slusho Factory. It's Ashlyn Podcast. I don't know about the Slushoverse um, stuff until today. Never heard about it. Um, I I am a nerd. I'm nerd light. I'm nerd when I need to be. I'm nerd on demand. But I didn't know about this. I just know that I have enjoyed every single Cloverfield um, project. And a lot of people get mad about it. They get all up in arms about each, uh, maybe not the second one, but the first one sure pissed a lot of people off. And then a lot of people are mad at uh, the Cloverfield Paradox. The new one? Yeah. A lot of people are just out of, they're just spitting mad over it. That They just feel like, you know, they just didn't like it. Oh, just, ah. um, Rotten Tomatoes is not feeling it. So, you know how that goes. So they're like, you know, it just, it just falls down and it just doesn't get better. And I don't, I, maybe I'm consuming things different than other people. Wait, did Rotten Tomatoes like Bright? I don't know. Because I'm thinking, because it was released on Netflix. Is it just because they don't like this no, it's, format? I, no, I, it has nothing to do with that. I can tell you that right now. There's always been a long controversial hate. That I, I haven't taken the time to get it. That's a Reddit thing. I'm sure you could find all that information on Reddit. But, like, there's just this hatred for, um, there's a hatred for it. And I don't know why. Because I haven't investigated it. But the podcast is not about, it's not called Why We Hate Things. Why People Hate Shit. Why do people hate shit? Uh, I'm sure there's a podcast out there that um, that comes... You know, that maybe I'm pitching an idea for someone out there. I don't want to spend all my time on that kind of negativity, but I was just surprised because I go to say, Oh, this is a really cool film, and I wonder how everybody likes it. And then, of course, it's that Donald Glover from Community going to the room with the pizzas and it's on fire, and I just sort of go, What the fuck is happening? So, what we're talking about is the Cloverfield Paradox, which we watched what, night before last? And then we said about, you were like, I didn't see the one from 2008. So we watched uh, yeah, that last that, night. That first one. Yeah. We had to watch it with commercials, but that's okay. Um, I remember at the time why people hated it. And again, if you haven't seen uh, Cloverfield or 10 Cloverfield Lane or the Cloverfield Paradox, please stop listening right now and come back when you've binged all those things. Because we're going to talk about the big spoilers, right? All of the big twists. And the commonalities and part of the multiverse. And I don't even really understand the, the full socialverse, uh, slush overse theory, but we'll talk about that a little bit. So we're going to go in order. The first one was 2008. And even though the creators insisted, J.J. Abrams and Party, that they weren't trying to do the Blair Witch Project, it's undeniable that it has elements of it. Because A, there are no survivors. And... The monster baddie wins, right? There were other reasons why they didn't like it. You know, people felt like the found footage thing, just people had tried to do so many things after Blair Witch, you know, and they didn't do it. And and then here's these upstarts coming along doing this in 2008. I was watching it last night. I enjoyed it probably more than I did even the first time around. Well, I mean, 10 years later, I still think it, holds up because i mean it it felt like it was something that was released just recently it it does and it, you know okay logic and, you aside know, okay, okay apart from some of the technical things right you know like the obvious did you were saying the other night would this videotape 
last. Well, I'm, that's not me saying or, it. I didn't even think about it. If they are blowing up the monster with the nuclear bombs, your tape is not going to survive. A impact. Yeah. And B, it's going to just it's it's going to erase. Every, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean that that makes sense. Right? And then also like when they're trying to you know save Beth and they climb up the other the yeah. the thing on the side. It's like how Seven. do they know? But still, I mean, it was still. I mean, I was able to suspend my disbelief. Well, here's the thing. People love some of these action fucking films out there just because they want to see the CGI and shit. And there's less reason to be there than Ex- saving Beth. Exactly. I don't know if this is true. I feel like this is true. Um, I'm just going to look at, Hold up. Before we move on, 2007 is when Paranormal Activity came out, right? So The Blair Witch came out in 1999. So that set the pace. I remember that. Oh, there's a calendar falling off the wall that I just hung up. Don't hang a calendar that heavy with when we're not under attack by the The calendar monster. is the size of a garage door. It is pretty big. Okay, so Blair Witch comes out in 1999. This is, you know, I think that's even the same year that uh, Matrix comes out, right? So a lot of shit was going on with the, with, with uh, cinema. And people, like, started, you know, making rip-off copies. So 2008, I think, people felt like... Maybe we should have been um, along about, you know, a little bit better farther down the road than this. I don't know what all the thinking was, but I remember seeing it and going, this is a really cool way to do a low-budget film. Well, I mean, with Blair Witch, did they have this, the same type of special effects that they did? Fuck no. There was just kids See? running in the woods. They had none. I but mean, that, there, there, were effects, there were effects in this, this sort of. This had some fucking yeah. good effects. I mean, I'm not, they're, not the same, they're not the same movie. The only thing they have in common, the two things they have in common is it's found footage and everybody dies. Yeah, but it, ha- a bummer. It, it has moved on. Yeah, it's if this not were made, look, the same thing. If this were made in France, everybody, y'all in, in, in European films, people have been dying at the end for a long, long time. We just want the American ending where, you know, everybody, it turns out okay. This is why I, I guess why I am dissatisfied with a lot of American cinema a lot of times because I came up. As a filmophile, I didn't know that that was what it's called. I just like to watch a lot of foreign films. And it didn't work out for fucking people. Like, I watched The Vanishing back in the day, and I was like, well, I guess that motherfucker's not coming back. He's fucked. The American version is he gets out of the grave and saves the girl. That's what Americans do. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I mean, I knew, I didn't mind, you know, everybody dying. I just, what I didn't like is the way it ended. I would have just liked one more shot, maybe like, a pullback of just destruction. Oh, you want instead a of just shot? like zap, zap, zzz, zzz, and then you know, you know, DOD or Department of Defense, you know, something. something. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mind it. See, I feel like it was a European ending that I would be like, okay, yeah, yeah. There was that type. Monster of, got away with it. That type of stuff. Monster killerized everybody in New York and probably killed the rest of the world. Okay, so that happened, and then Ten Cloverfield Lane, which I really enjoyed. Was watching it again last night. John Goodman is so good. And He's good in like almost he everything. Can do anything. I love him. I like him as a ba- as a bad guy. I loved him in uh, Barton Fink. He's just so great when he plays terrifying bad guys. He's he's a good actor. Um, Doesn't he do a baddie in uh, Oh Brother Art There as well? Yes. Oh Brother Art. Yeah. Art he's, he's a he's a dickhole in that too. He's great. He's yeah. amazing in that. So I'm going to go over to, to Ten Cloverfield Lane. Um, you had Mary Elizabeth Winstead. We love her. She showed up in Fargo. 
She's great. John Gallagher Jr. plays Emmett. You didn't see Short Term 12, but that's a film that I quite uh, enjoyed with Alison Brie, Rami Malek. Lakeith Ooh, is in Rami that. Rami was in it. I'll Rami was it, in then. that. It's actually really good. It's it's uh it's one of the one of the films in the the indies he's done in the last few years, which is really good. So and now we're in the bunker, right? And John's a creepy creep creepster. And just on its own, that film is it stands alone. And I had forgotten when I watched Ten Cloverfield Lane, what happened in two thousand and eight. I vaguely remember. They talked me to death, and there was this weak-ass kind of party that was going on for John or Rob, and then the monster attacks New York. Right? Yeah, Rob. He's going to Rob. Japan. And HUD is the one who ends up taking – that's T.J. Miller. You have, And we get to meet a young T.J. Miller and Lizzie Kaplan. Those are our two kind of standouts from that time, from that film. Did they come out of this? I, that, I, yeah, I think it's, it was the beginning of – their thing? It was their you know, chasing Amy, if you will. You have to be older to know what that reference means. Chasing Amy. So chasing Amy. It's the beginning of it all. Um, so yeah, it was a it was a good little it was a good little romp. So now we have you know we're in the bunker and I like to put goes down and obviously um, Mary's I mean Michelle escapes the bunker gets away because all this time uh, Howard Stambler's been telling her you know there's aliens possibly up there there's some terrible shit going down. Now what's beautiful about the with, 10 Cloverfield Lane is that some of the shit that Stambler says is actually right on the money. He said, there's probably, she said, those are helicopters. Cause yeah, but they're not ours. And they're, they're probably alien craft and they're out there looking for survivors, which would mean us. So he's got them scared into staying into the bunker, but he's also probably got some really, really creepy serial killer rapey vibes because it looks like he wants Michelle for himself. He finally confesses that he ran her off the road and that that's how she ends up in the bunker. But I think he was laying in wait to run a female off the road. So he would have his companion uh, in his underground bunker is how I read that. And Emmett just happened to get caught down there with him. Well, the whole timing of it, because because he when she's filling up for gas, yeah, he's probably thing. tracking her. He's he pulls up right behind her. Because you see the her. truck. Yeah, there yeah. you go. I'm sorry, I've forgotten that part. You're right. Um, but then how it plays in with the you know her getting run off the road, mm-hmm. and then the aliens taking over, right? And then him saving it. Just it's a little wonky to well, me. Well, here's the reason why. In, this is why it pays to look up shit about these films, and we're getting to paradox, guys. But talking about Cloverfield Lane. So yes, you're right. He is. He's he's stalking her. He knows this is coming. Uh, because we find out, if you look up any any theory on Reddit, it will lead you to this door, that all of these films are connected and they're in the same multiverse, obviously. And Stambler was an employee of the Terragato, whatever company that makes Slusho. He was a telemetry analyst. Okay, So the company that ultimately, you can go dig around, I'm not going to go into the entire theory, but go on Reddit anywhere and just go into the whole Slushoverse uh, theory that in making slusho they do this deep mining for seabed nectar and that's probably where they they dug too deep into the uh, core's earth the, the the earth's core the core's earth and they these monsters were like hey now you know possibly are they fucked with the universe in s- some way right and these things are out but they also have spaceships so 
what the fuck is that about? Are they from space? Is they from the Earth's core? Uh, did they do something? Anyway, Slesho, the company that makes Slesho is at the heart of this, and he was employee of the month at this subsidiary of Togarto or whatever it is. You see that on a letter when she goes up to fix the air vent, um, a letter from the company to Howard Stambler at 10 Cloverfield Lane. There's a whole series of Easter eggs I'm not going to chase down. That starts to make sense because Howard would have had some intel into having a timeline of when these things are going to hit because he's been preparing this bunker for a while. Yeah. And he just happens to be a rapey, rapey, creepy, weirdo freak show. Maybe driven mad by what he knows. I don't know. But not the average person wouldn't just, you know, disappear some young girls. I think there's more than one, not just... Yeah, he, just, he had somebody else in there before, right, right? Right, So I think he's like a couple people. So the thing about Howard's MO is he's been building this bunker, and then he obviously, he tracks down Michelle. She, she falls into his net, and then obviously she escapes. And the ending of the movie is probably one of my favorites um, in, this kind of, in this kind of genre. I love that she, you know, she goes out. She makes... She's a seamstress. We have to put that in there. And again, I don't care how convenient and schmappy this is. She sews herself together an airtight suit from a shower curtain and found materials in the bunker. Escapes Howard. He's all gooey-faced from falling in the acid. Poor Emmett also gets, he gets boiled away like the previous girl. And she gets outside, and obviously, the shit that Howard said about, there's aliens out there, so fucking true. And she is able to escape after fighting off Howard. And it's that last few minutes of the movie that would be an entire movie for another franchise. That's what they say for the end. I fucking loved that. She throws that that uh, Molotov cocktail. Right into his butthole mouth. Whoosh. I'm going to call it his mouth hole. Yeah. I think it poops and talks out that, of that, that was a hole. That was a spaceship alien? Yeah. See, it's an organic yeah. thing, right? Like a Cylon, right? Cylons were made of organic weird. material. I loved it. So maybe these things did come out of the uh, the Earth's core because they were trying to make a slush show and, and they've unleashed these things. So pin in that. She decides to go and fight because she hears the the radio. She pulls frequency. up the, yeah. You can go to, what is it? Houston. You go to Baton Rouge or Houston. You can fight in Houston and go to Baton Rouge. Get the fuck out to the safe zone. Or you go to Houston. And she's like, I've been, do you have combat experience or medical experience? She goes, I've been fighting this motherfucker for weeks. I'm going to get up out of here and go help. And then as the lightning strikes, you can see the big alien spaceship off to her right. Like it's, that could have been its own film. So what I love about the film is it lets you imagine what could happen. You know, and maybe they'll come back around to it. It leaves you so much road to come back around. A lot of people were frustrated with that ending. I fucking loved it. Now we're in Paradox. We're at the Cloverfield Paradox, where, again, we have an energy crisis on this planet, as we know it. And our main character, um, whom, if you were paying attention, she is uh, Gugu Mabatha-Ra, plays Hamilton. She is from Black Mirror's episode San Junipero. Yes. And I love her. Uh, You have uh, David Oweloyo. I don't know how to say his name. I've tried to say his name. Oh, God, I suck. Anyway, he plays Keel. Daniel Brühl plays Schmidt. John Ortiz is Monk. Chris Dowd is Mundy. And Axel Henny is Volkov. And Zivi Zhang is Tam. 
And Elizabeth Debicki is Jensen. And Roger Davies is Michael. So we have our our folks on board this space station that's going to launch, it's going to fire up a Hadron uh, Collider type machine called the Shepard. And what we have in this film is because they're firing at the Shepard 600 and whatever many times, this conspiracy theorist named Mark Stambler, by the way, is, is this Howard Stambler's son, his brother, or Howard Stambler in another universe with a different first name? I don't know. Anyway, so he, this conspiracy theorist guy or theoretical science is saying every time you fire up this thing, it could possibly tear the universe a new asshole, right? You're going to screw with a space-time continuum. And you could, what, unleash monsters and demons. demons. Yeah. And, you know, basically we could open up this universe to being all kinds of places at once. So now what J.J. Abrams and the team has done is saying we don't have to even follow any timeline or even really make any sense. We can just pull from all over the place and be in all these different places, which I don't think people like. But I love it. Maybe the writer in me loves that you can go in so many different directions. You don't have to go in a linear direction. And it doesn't have to be 100% foolproof, logical. Right. It's a journey, guys. It's not. Yeah. I don't think this. I, I mean, I'm totally with Sam Ismail a lot of times. He, he said this about Mr. Robot is that it's really not about the plot. There's a lot of plot there. And and yes, we're following Elliot's journey and trying to take down an, a conglomerate, but it's the telling of the story that we're there for. I don't need all my questions answered, and a lot of things, like in life, don't have answers. And I like letting the audience have an imagination beyond her story. Yeah, I mean, it's all, I mean, when you think about it, it's all sci-fi, so there is no logic to it. Well, you're, making, or, you're making a lot of it up. Or the, yeah, of course, you're pulling it out of your ass. And yeah. some of it actually is kind of like, we, I think some of the theories that we have about the universe are actually fucking true. Uh, I think we do hit upon things. But yeah, you're right. There's no, it's supposed to be here for fun or to let your mind kind of imagine. Yeah, exactly. So I love that we're, we're doing it. And so this, the shepherd does do what Stambler project, projects that it does. It rips open. Uh, they end up coming to, and the Earth is gone. Like they can't find the Earth on their scopes, and they can't find um, what's the gimbal thing? The, the that's what uh, the, the gyro. Uh, yeah, the gyro. The gyro disappears. A, a crew member is found in the bed and in the walls. Uh, Mundy loses his arm. Volkov, uh, the worms that are on the payload bay, end up inside him, and then later the gyro is inside him because the arm tells him so. Mundy's arm and all these things. So what we find out is that the shepherd's firing when it when it, it overloads when it fires successfully and it overloads. It actually does do exactly what Stamler said. Now I'm sitting here going, well, shit! It created the monster that we saw in the original. I mean, before we even get to the ending, I'm like, oh, it created the Cloverfield monster. But but and the see, and the monsters in. Cloverfield Lane. But see, I, I was thinking about, I, I thought that, 
But in the world where she's ta- where, where, where they take off for the shepherd, right? Mm-hmm. They are there's a there's an energy crisis and there's about like the brink of world war. Sure, but in Cloverfield, they never talk about that. No, and see, I the, don't. The kids are going to this party, and right. it's like it's nothing. I so now we go to the size of the monster, right? Let's say because we don't know how it really ends in two thousand eight. We know our our. Our heroes in 2008's Cloverfield all died. Now, that doesn't mean that the monster actually is defeated. Maybe it, it runs away. Maybe it goes deep into hiding. Maybe one of its babies lives. But I still think that the shepherd created that event, but in a different time. Okay, so it's a different... Okay, so... Okay, got it. So it's a different... A different uh, uh, parallel. Right. It's in a parallel universe or... It happened in a linear fashion. So that monster was birthed out of that event from their... From their know, tearing From of, their tearing, tearing you know, the a new fabric. Asshole. Yeah. And so another parallel, this, this So thing it drops has, that yeah. over there. Because again, it literally is telling you there's two worlds where uh, Hamilton's family is... Her kids are alive and well in this other universe. Yeah. And then so in Cloverfield... In 10 Cloverfield Lane... It rips the, the, the that's where those were created. Those too. were they. Co- where, yeah. We don't even know what year that is, right? So it's just that's where that's in full swing. And then in the the in the paradox, what happens is it creates that monster there, mm-hmm. and then takes the shepherd, or makes it, it shows up there. It shows up shows like, up because I think it, it's much bigger. The it's the same. By the way, it's the same monster at the end of Paradox because yeah. I was looking at the, the ears inflating and stuff like that. It's the same fucking monster. It's just much much bigger. And Abrams and those guys have admitted as much as that. It's it's either the same or it was started out as or, a baby yeah, or two different it two different matter. two different monsters from the same world getting thrown to two different places. Same monster in two different worlds, two different uh, yeah universes. Yeah, and then the shepherd gets sent to another parallel. Yeah. Which could have created something else. Because we know that the next thing that's coming is Overlord. Um, and we don't... Here's the beautiful thing about these Cloverfield, uh, Cloverfield um, projects is they just tend to pop up. They're like, yeah, it's coming soon. And then it's there. Um, and I don't think these are meant to be deep, 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 deep. No, I think... No, they're, they're supposed to be... <laughs> think of this as popcorn sci-fi. Yeah, I don't really understand why... I am in, and I am entertained. <laughs> you know? I don't want to – not everything has to be like blockbuster, groundbreaking, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Or you don't You don't have to have like a, you know, a – I don't know. You don't have to have like this, this – you don't have to be so dogmatic about a lore of anything really. Yeah, well, you know, people can be. Yeah, well. I mean sometimes even I can be that way. But then I had to pull myself back and go, there's a, there's a real shit going on in the world I don't need to worry about how this franchise is not working out for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's obvious things where it's like when things are they don't work, and it's just out of you know laziness that they didn't do that. I don't think this is one of those. Instances. No, I, I think they're having fun with us. It's like I, one of the things that um, Abrams wanted to do was put uh, uh, Stambler's truck in the debris fields when the uh, when the shepherd breaks apart. He wanted to put his truck. Like just like it's been sucked from somewhere else in this debris field because we see all these things are just converged in the ship, you know. And it's like, how did that get there? Well, how did this 
crew member get there? Yeah, in, inside and why the is, ship. Yeah, in the, why in inside the walls. in the walls? And why yeah. is Hamilton on the ship? And because in the other universe, she was was at home with her family. Um, there's also the theory that. I mean, not only the, the slush. Well, the slush verse covers the company, the backing of the company. But a lot of people believe that basically a lot of J.J. Abrams um, universes are connected, like Lost and um, God, um, um, Fringe. Uh, you did Fringe? Yeah. Wow. And uh, Star Trek. And we could go on and on and on, but. I'm starting to see it as I look at what's being written out there. It's like I think it don't. It totally depends on this. If you want to sit down and watch these three films in a row, I or not at all in a row. I think they're entertaining on their own, right? I would theorize that the theories might make them more interesting to watch. I was entertained without like knowing about the special verse. Oh, exactly. I mean, to thing. the point where I was like, now, I mean, just a day later, I kind of want to go through and and see if I can pick out stuff. Sure. And then I kind of want to go watch Fringe and and see if I can pick yeah. out some similarities there. And, I mean, I think um, the older guy would love. I've forgotten his name already. The scientist. Um, is it Henry? I want to say Henry. Like Walter. 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 He's holding like a slusho. He's there's like people holding like. Yeah, there's like signs in Loverfield. There's like, a, and I never finished Lost, so yeah. Um, and the, the like, there's the way that uh, the uh, the Chinese scientist dies is a harken to one of the the other characters dies. So I mean, like, all of these things are barred from. Now I'm gonna. There's all of that, but if you go back to the original, there's all these kind of harken shout outs to other things too. And and I'm, I don't know this to be true. I haven't read it anywhere. Uh, but watching the original Cloverfield, the plot basically mirrors Miracle Mile, which let's look at what that came out. This is, I keep, I always reference this as one of these that sticks with me. Um, but I need to, we need to just go watch it because I haven't seen it in years. It's one of those that haunts me. Um, but this, I can't spell miracle on um, nobody wants to hear me type Miracle Mile. This is Anthony Edwards and this is Mayor Winningham all the way back in 1988. Now you have to remember when this film came out, we were all scared to death that we were going to be uh, blown apart by nukes. It's a huge part of the social discourse and there was a real fear there, right? So this is about a man who gets a phone call in a booth by the diner he hangs out with this sort of cast of characters. And he's told that a nuclear missile will hit Los Angeles in 70 minutes. And there's a race across town to save his girlfriend. So Harry needs to go save Julie on the other side of Los Angeles with this cast of characters. And and there happens to be a lady from the CIA or whatever with a phone in her briefcase who can get them a helicopter. So they have a rendezvous point to get to the helicopter. And it also has almost the same dire ending where the helicopter goes down because a nuclear mushroom pushes them out of the sky. I don't know if it got panned Mm. or not, but it's one of those movies that has always 
stayed with me. Um, I don't know what the ratings are. It'd be interesting to just see what how people took it. Uh, but I, it's just it's one of those things where I, it's very, uh, it's very much a bummer. But it was just kind of terrifying the way the director depicted what people would do. Uh, Steve uh, Steve Dijonet or Jeanette showed what people would do in case uh, they got that news or they knew that was imminent. Because it leads to, well, if you strike us, we'll strike you the whole thing. Like, yeah. It's just this big all-out thing. So we have to watch it. But I think when I was watching Cloverfield, I'm like, oh, somebody watched Miracle Mile. You know, this director had to have been influenced by that because there's so many parallels to it. And when we watch it, perhaps tonight or whenever, you'll you'll get exactly what I'm talking about. So, yeah, we'll have to find that. See you're like, where it is. I mean, all you can do is nod your head because you haven't seen it. Yeah. But like later on, you're like, oh my god, yeah, yeah. you'll totally get. Um, and how they end up, the the last frame is you know there are two lovers inside the the Wonder Wheel at Coney Allen or wherever pledging their love to each other. And I was just like, oh, that kind of reminds me of so many other things. But every director, everything you watch pretty much has some kind of shout out or inspiration from something else. We didn't used to call them Easter eggs. We just called them, oh, that director was influenced. There were influences. They were Easter eggs, whatever you want to call them. And I don't think it's a cheap thing. Directors have been doing it since the very fucking beginning of film. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Odessa step scene yeah. from the SS Potemkin has been put into film after film after film after film. I don't know if young filmmakers are still doing that. I don't know if that's still showing up in culture, but like, there's so many callbacks. Yeah, they do, and it's uh, they do that in like like every aspect of yeah. art does that. I mean, even in like. You know, hip hop in the nineties. I mean, you, you know, you had those callbacks to the eighties. Still happening. Yeah. So, but I just I think people get pissed off because they're like, "Well, you're not even trying." I think they're actually they are actually doing something kind of cool and fun, and people are just taking it wrong. Well, we live in a world where people can't. They just live in a constant state of butthurt. So I don't, you know, can't help you. And it's easier to shit on something than go out and uh, yeah. do it yourself. It doesn't take any effort you know. to shit on something. So. When you're trying to make something or actually try to see what they're trying to do with it rather than crossing your arms and going, oh, yeah, as good as I thought it was I just didn't have any, I don't have any expectations from anything. Yeah. And I think that's why I enjoy a lot more things than, say, the average out there right now because I'm like I didn't expect anything from it and I was thoroughly entertained but when I am pissed off I'm like yeah, with exceptions yeah. it's because you've invested time yeah. and, it's, and it does, hasn't always talking about Walking Dead when we say uh, that exactly <laughs> always talking about, if, we, if we ever say that and we're not shitting on the actors no you know we love the actors it's just the way yeah. the franchise is, is they've heard being it run. so many times they know yeah, I'm sure they know if you've heard any of the podcasts you know what our, my beef our beef is with Walking Dead. Um, it's always Walking we Dead. We always get it back around to it. <laughs> I just, I'm mad. And it's about to come back and I'm not going to watch it. I'm just going to, I'm going to boycott it. Yeah. I mean, what am I, am, I am going to do? I'm going to boycott it for the ratings. They won't give a shit. They won't notice me gone. It's going to be hard because I love Chris Hardwick so much and I love his Talking Dead. He's like my sweet, sweet. And I love that he's doing his house shit right now. I follow everything that he does. He's just a lovely dude. 
but I'm just going to wait until it's all over with. At the end of the season. By two months. We can we can go all the way through in yeah. the episode, and then we can do the after show. And, and maybe, it won't the be, next maybe it'll make sense. Maybe it'll maybe the all the all out bore will turn into something that um, makes some fucking sense. And it's not like anything's going to be spoiled. No, no, I don't. So I don't care if you tell me who fucking died at this. I don't. No. If anybody got clubbed to death by Abraham, at, I mean not Abraham by uh, Negan at this point. If ne- if Negan clubbed himself to death, I just I wouldn't couldn't. I don't care. So I'm waiting to see how all that bore ends. Maybe it isn't that. Maybe they actually go to war without, you know, standing two feet from each other with automatic weapons and not hitting the side of a fucking barn. Anyway, Cloverfield. It was fun, wasn't it? It was. And even... and even, You did go to sleep in the middle of... Well, I already... But it was one o'clock in the yeah, morning. Yeah, I already saw that one. Yeah. So I and knew it was what one happened. O'clock. And really, you just... You only missed the chunk of, like, them kind of spending time in the bunker. Yeah, the whole thing in... Yeah. Because I, I'd seen that on a rewatch, that can be a little boring. On the first one, I'm like, "Oh, what's going to happen?" Oh my god! But I was just, I was just waiting for the end. Like I was kind of drifting off myself, and I propped up on one elbow to watch the very end because she's like, "Oh, but you got to be kidding me!" When they're just like, "Really, are aliens?" That made me gleeful every time I see the ending of that. I'm like, "Oh my love, I love this ending." Yeah, I woke up when she was in the in the air shaft, you know, yeah. escaping, um... and he's sticking the knife to the thing. Yeah. Which, talk about improbabilities. How sharp is that fucking knife? Because I don't know if you know about duct work. I, you can't really... Any, see? that? Okay, whatever. He was he was great. He was like he was like almost like Nicholson at the end of The Shining. And then, do you know, like, when she's trying to hit that, um... The lock, and she sprays it with the yeah. freezing thing, and she's hitting it with the actual can? Right. I mean, that could be dangerous in itself. <laughs> sure. So... <laughs> Sure. You should have had a. You should have sn- snagged a ball peen hammer or something. Yeah, you know, again, don't, don't hit it with the can because it might explode really, in your face. And I don't give a shit. Yeah, I love the fact that but there's it, there's so many improbable yeah. things. Yes, the tape wouldn't have even existed because of the the they're using nukes on this fucking thing, or are they? I maybe, think, maybe they're not. I think we saw, remember when she got she went into the truck and she got pulled up. Mm-hmm. I think we saw it. I'm not sure if that was the one, but I remember seeing a behind the scenes thing where that was an actual like they pulled the truck up on a, you know, on a hydraulic. Yeah. Yeah. And they were, you know, moving it around. Lots of fun. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, if if you had told me when I was sitting there watching Star Wars when I was a kid or Jaws or any of these things. That I was going to sit there and, you know, tear something apart to the to not liking it. I probably would have punched you in the face. I was a pretty fierce little 12-year-old, 14-year-old kid. I've been like, stop ruining it. Who gives a shit if it's a rubber head? It scares at the bottom of the boat. It fucking scares the shit out of me. <laughs> and I'm kind of like that as an adult. It's like the, the world at large out there is fucking terrifying in real life, yo. It is so fucking dude. Like, what the fuck? You know, got real ass problems. So... I don't know why I've spent this entire podcast arguing against an invisible person to debate with. Um, I enjoyed it. I, st- I want to go yeah. to the original premise of I enjoyed them. It made me go back and watch the other two. They're f- put on some popcorn, you know, pop a cold beer, whatever your beverage of choice is, your snack of choice. And good just to sit down and go, oh, there's that slusho thing and there's that reference yeah. and pull up your Reddit Easter eggs and just go to town and have a good time. And considering that there, it's a relatively little amount of time to invest. If you think it's like maybe all three of them are what four or five hours total to watch all three of those, 
uh, compared to like what ten hours of a television show. Show. Well, it's like you know it. it it's like because it did come out the same year as the Matrix, and I could watch that first Matrix. All oh, day, yeah. any day. It's like Fight Club. Every yeah. time it's on, I'm going to stop down and watch it. So so 10 years later, you know, seeing it for the first time. Yeah. You know, it was like, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like, remember we watched the Empire of the Sun? Yeah. And I was like, for the first time saw it. And I was like, oh, yeah. dude, this is rough. Yeah. Christian Bale was too insane, maybe even back then. I, this nothing. This wasn't like that. Now, I, I again, it's not, you know, the 80s, but. Yeah. Still, I mean, cinema has moved a long way since, you know, yeah. 2008. And for a low-budget film, I mean, the point of that was, okay, you've got this challenge as a as a young team coming up, right? Like Paranormal Activity. They, they made it for, you know, what, five bucks. They made it, you know, in this guy's house, and, and, and it was chilling as fuck, you know? Yeah, that was scary. And and everything that came after that was like... It was like, uh, oh, kind uh, of dog shit. <laughs> right. I don't know if it was... It was so, at varying degrees. Some of them I was like, okay, this is more, this is clever, and then we explain what, what, what the thing is, and then it starts following people. And I love the premise that it would... It got a cut. The uh, demon gets handed down. Yeah. Right? And I, I don't mind that at all. I don't mind me some chain horror films. I don't... I love me some it, Freddy Krueger, and I love me some Jason, and... But see, It Follows did it in one movie. They did it in one movie, and I... But again, I can I can like all of these things, you know. I like all I like five different kinds of pizza. I don't need to be like pepperoni or everybody goes to hell. So yeah, I don't have a problem with um, people trying shit. Yeah, you got to try shit in this world. And I think for I don't know what the budget on let's say what the budget on uh, Cloverfield was. Well, it would tell me. Um, I don't have IMDb Pro, so what does it say? Its budget was $25 million. Okay, that's not cheap. That's not low, low budge. But, I mean, today's standards, I guess. And it made uh, $46 million in wide release opening weekend. Not too shabby. And worldwide gross, uh, it made $80 million. Cumulative worldwide gross, $170 million. For a $25 million investment, which is pretty low fucking budget, I don't know if they were closing down the streets in New York. I don't know if they were green screening this, but I liked it. Yeah. Going yeah. back to the paranormal thing, mm-hmm. the, did we see two and three in the theaters? I saw um, various bits and pieces of the other ones. I don't think I sat through whole chunks of it. Maybe uh, I watched two all the way through with the sisters, and it wasn't bad. That's the thing. I can't remember. Two no, we did and see two. We had all the cameras between the pool. Yeah, that was two. That was right? two. We went to the theater to see that with yeah. friends. And we I didn't think see we were, three then. I think I was kind of nodding off in two, but I was like, oh, okay. But the first one was. Oh, it was chilling. Yeah. It was great. I loved it. Okay. That's way, all I got to say about that. Okay, so I'll hit a little bit of thing of. Uh, I'm going to speak English now. Um, speaking a little Klingon, I'm going to speak some English. So, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Uh, from 2016, the budget was 15 million, and disappointingly, it made 24 million its opening weekend, and the gross in the U.S. was 71 million. So it made less money than the original. But they only spent Shocker. 15. They spent 10 million less. It's one location for yeah, the most part. I love it. I mean, that's clever, and that's what these these uh, like even with the. Uh, with the the paradox that like you there's a little bit of budget we're at a couple more places right we have a few more sets yeah 
But the sh- you know those exteriors, but I mean, yeah. everything on that ship is probably on a stage and green screened. And again, the estimated budget is twenty five million for Paradox. It made um, so back up to twenty five. Oh, that's Cloverfield. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. I was like twenty five million. Damn, what are they doing? Will they tell us the budget at Netflix? It says estimated budget twenty six million, and because we don't have a box office, you know what? What's I don't know how Netflix translate that translates that. But see, I love me some. I love that we're in a world where I don't have to like go and do all the things to see a film like this. I would not go see this in the theater. Yeah. But when it was when it popped up around the Super Bowl time, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go see that. I'm going to go watch that as soon as I can. Yeah. It's on Netflix. I've got it. Yeah. yeah. I love this world that we're living in. Like, I will go to the theater to see Black Panther. We saw it twice. 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 Uh, even better the second time around. I, I, well, the first time I was just like that that feeling that you get, that high of woohoo. The second one was like, oh, that's the whole yeah. backstory that I didn't get because people were standing in the aisle and talking and chit-chatting and can't get to a movie on time. Motherfuckers. We had like four other people in the theater. It was we crazy. It the second time. We did. Exactly four people and us. And up to 15 minutes before the movie started, it was only us two. That's right. And, but no one came in during the middle of the fucking movie, thank no. God. I understand. We live in Los Angeles. I get that shit happens, but unless it's a massive pileup, get your ass to the movies on time. Seriously. See your big head in front of the screen during the exposition. Um, so I don't know. I love that we're living in a world where I have the choice to see the film with my streaming that I pay for on Netflix, part of my dollars, my ten ninety nine a month. I get to see this... This film. I liked it. And then I don't mind waiting for Black Panther to hit streaming. But if y'all think I'm finna go, like, put money down and see The Shape of Water in the movie theater in L.A., you know, y'all Oscar movies, I won't, I have still, you know what, I still have not seen 2015's Oscar movies. There is no reason to watch a, just a, a, a regular drama on on a huge screen. Well, there are people who would fight you on that about Shape of Water and fight me because the Toro, he, you know, he makes these beautiful visual yeah, well, films. Okay. But it's like three billboards. It's like you don't need to see that in the theater. Yeah, that's that's typically a, yeah. I want to see it. I can't wait till it comes out. And I love I'm, me some Francis you know, McDormand. The, the way it's set up Anything is like she I can't see it until it comes out on streaming. I just I but, make it so difficult now. It's like if you really if you're so desperate for that, you're just so thirsty for that box office. I'm not going to give it to you. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to. It's not worth my time to get plunked down. They've already y'all fucked yourself with the movie prices a, and your concession prices b. We got to fight parking, all that shit. People with their their cell phones and rude behavior. I'm not, yes, I want to see Francis McDormand in the quiet of my home on yep. my 52-inch screen, you know, and enjoy it that way. We haven't even seen the last Star Wars yet. No. And we're Star Wars fans. And we're huge Star Wars fans. And I, I don't just, think I'm going to go to the theater to see Solo. I'm going to wait till it comes out on streaming. No, I don't think so either. It looks okay. I like, and everybody's hating on that dude who's playing Solo. I love that dude. I loved him in uh, Hail Caesar. Wood with the two are so simple. He plays the cowboy guy. Isn't that the same guy? I don't know. 
Um, so that's a little diatribe about the movies. I liked this. This is so, it was like such a treat to go, I'm already paying for a streaming service. Here's part of the paradox. I loved that. We pay for, I mean, we already pay out the ass for everything we watch. But last night I finally felt, this is paid off. Yeah. I could sit down and I could watch the original. I can watch 10, 10 Cloverfield Lane because we have all the things. And we saw, okay, what did we see? We saw the, the original on Amazon. The original was on Spectrum. Okay, the original was on Spectrum. The second one was, Am- was on Amazon. Amazon, and the third one was on Netflix. Netflix. That's funny. That's how you're having to get yeah. to it, and that also highlights the problem of everybody being made to jump through hoops to watch their shit. That's why you're not getting the eyeballs on the things that you want. You're splintering so many ways that people have to go see it. You know, if I had kids and I had a household budget that I needed to stick to, we'd have a Netflix account and fuck you. We wouldn't have any of this other shit. Basic cable. Right. I mean, you know? not even that. I mean, like, seriously, there's just, you got to pretty much need to have an internet streaming, and then you're going to pick up your one thing that grabs well, it all. Well, HBO's done, they've done it right, where they've given you the HBO Now and the HBO Go. Yeah, they're charging you 15 fucking dollars a month for that. For both? Each one? For HBO Go. Oh, Man. Just the one thing, a la carte. I, I That's mean, I more expensive than the, the the premium on cable. Exactly. On That's what I'm saying. I looked it up. Like, if we were going to go a la carte, I mean, like, it doesn't even make any sense. That's why people are, like, illegally downloading y'all shit. I don't do that because I have bad karma. I don't want to sell that bad karma and get caught, and I don't believe in that. Get your shit straight, but I, y'all. But I do understand when people are like, well, fuck it. You know, and also, you know, you want us to, like, if you want us to participate in your little pony show, you got to make it affordable. Okay, because I ain't going to chase down your show. And guess who suffers? The artist suffers. Yeah. You guys suffer, you know, making this shit. A lot of people suffer. But so. we just we just did that with our cable. We, you know, we brushed off stars. We shit can stars. And a whole bunch of other stuff yep. because, you know, they were about to jump our rate by $20. Stars, I don't know what stars thinks they are. I don't know if y'all, do y'all think you're HBO? Do you honest to fucking God think that you're churning out the content? I mean, it, Showtime is kicking y'all ass and you're wanting to ch- charge, what? No, we're not paying that. They want like $11 a month or something? They want, yeah, something like that. $11, $12 a month? Who do you think you are? Netflix charges ten ninety nine, and they're just crapping out content. Stars has got what? American Gods, which we don't even know what's happening with season two. I don't want to go into cable rant. This is very boring, but this is kind of the, the yeah. conversation you and I have. So I, I'm going to recommend the Cloverfield Paradox all day yeah. long. Watch all three of them. Watch at, all three uh, of them. Yeah. You don't even have to watch them in order if you don't want to. And then go on Reddit and look up all the Easter eggs stuff and the theories. And it is, I'm telling you, it's so fun. To sort of see how they're all kind of connected together. Unless that chaps your ass and then <laughs> don't do it. If then it makes, we can't help you there. If that makes your ass twitch, then, you know. <laughs> <laughs> then I don't know what to say. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, we'll be back with something soon. We didn't even know we were going to do the Cloverfield one. Like Cloverfield, we just popped up with a Cloverfield episode. Uh, so, Yeah. I don't know what we're looking for next. We don't even know now. I think right now I'm just kind of like playing it by ear. But we'll be back with something. Something soon. Something soon. You guys take care of yourself. Wear your seatbelt. Hydrate. Keep your body clean as you possibly can. I don't know. Don't get scurvy. And don't stress. Try to find ways not to stress. I'm trying to work on that myself. I can get very, very stressed out about shit. 
Do not get stressed out. Try to like think about something cool. Watch something you like. You know, I'm not going to tell you it's all going to be okay, but stressing out about it is probably not going to do you a whole lot of good. All right, that's it for us, guys. Uh, love and peace. Peace.